Hi, my name is Ro Khanna. This is Compassionate Las Vegas, the podcast. Welcome to Compassionate Las Vegas, the podcast. I'm your host, Will Rucker, and I want to thank you for joining us on season four. Today, we conclude our season with a real highlight. I think you're going to be inspired. I know that you're going to be educated, and I think you're going to have a good time with us today, too. So welcome to the podcast, none other than Ro Khanna, our congressman from California. Well, Will, thank you. It's an honor to be on. You're setting the bar really high. I don't want to disappoint your listeners here. <laughs> no, just just who you are is, is <laughs> a treat. So um, I've had the privilege to spend a bit of time with you. It seems like you're in, in Nevada more often than I am, but uh, <laughs> I'm so grateful that you've spent so much time activating our voters here. Um, this season, we've had so many great guests, but I wanted to end with you because I think you are the type of congressperson that we need to know exists. This program, of course, is Compassionate Las Vegas. And what you do, the policies you put forth, and the way that you put them forth, for me, exudes compassion and progress. So I want to start with the hardest question of the show, which is how do you define compassion? Well, well, I appreciate the work you're doing just by having the podcast. To me, compassion is uh, about putting yourself in other people's shoes and treating them with respect. Uh, it's not just about uh, charity or giving things to people. It's about really seeing uh, what is it that a person uh, values? What is it that they have to contribute? What matters to them? Uh, and trying then to, to understand that and respect that. I love that. I love that so much. And one of the things I try to do is center around values. When you start talking strategy, that's where you get the division. But when we focus in on our common values, I think that's where that common humanity shows up and you can't put yourself in someone else's shoes. Absolutely. I think too often uh, our politics start out with debates about policies and we're not talking about the things that uh, really matter to, to, to people. And what really matters to us is our families, our, our kids, our loved ones, our, our parents, our friends. Uh, if you think about what you really remember and what define you, uh, but we don't talk about a lot of that. We don't talk about our faith. We, 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 we kind of put that to one side and then we kind of just debate the policies. And I think if we brought more of the whole person into these uh, debates, uh, it certainly couldn't do worse than we're doing now as a country. I mean, hopefully it would get get better. People would see each other more as human beings. Yeah, that's so true. When the when the bar is set where it is, <laughs> it's hard to do worse. Um, so I, I didn't have this written down as a question to ask, but you did spark it for me. Um, I define politics as groups of people deciding how they're going to live together. How would you just define politics? That's a pretty good definition. I, that's you know Aristotle tried it, and you got a pretty good, good, good definition. I, I guess I would describe it as uh, people who are uh, working 
working towards a, a common purpose. Uh, so if it's a people in our country, what is the common purpose for our country and a state, the common purpose in Nevada for the state or in my congressional district in Silicon Valley, what is the common purpose and, uh, and, and working towards that? Nice. Yeah, I like that a lot. And uh, I, I like California. So I get in trouble because uh, you probably have heard it, you know, don't, don't California my Nevada. I'm yeah. not one of those people. I'm like, California is kind of awesome. Um, but one thing that I really like about it is, as a state, you have adopted compassion as a core value. So you are one of the compassionate states with the global charter for compassion. Do you think we have any chance of getting the nation, so getting folks in D.C. to sign on to the Charter for Compassion as a nation? I think we do, because uh, Americans are deep down, we're, we're a compassionate people. We care about our neighbors. We care about our families and friends and community. Uh, we're some of the most charitable people. Uh, when you see someone who's in need, usually people will step up to, to, to help. So we just have to, to elevate that. And I don't think that's a Californian thing. I think that's a cultural thing uh, around this country. Uh, so I, I'm hopeful that uh, that we will. I like that you say that. I, I, see, I told you, you're going to have the optimism. You're going to inspire people. Uh, keep us Keep us dreaming. What keeps you going? What keeps you motivated and inspired to do this work? Well, my, my story is uh, so improbable. I mean, my grandfather spent four years in jail alongside Gandhi and India's independence movement. My parents were immigrants from India, came in the 1960s. I was born in 1976 in Philadelphia, our bicentenary. And at the age of 40, I, I mean, the country gave me this extraordinary opportunity to represent this vibrant place of Silicon Valley with Apple, Google, Intel, all of the, this innovation. And I think of uh, other people who've had these journeys, your journey, Will, and the journey of so many of my colleagues from all different heritages and backgrounds. And I think that this country is becoming a beautiful nation long-term of people from around the world and heritage. And Nevada is already there. Now I get people say, well, what about all the hostility and the polarization and the anger? And I'm not Pollyannish, uh, but what keeps me going is this vision of what we can become uh, and I think what we will become. I wrestle with that. And here's why. Um, you know, running for office is clearly not an easy endeavor. Once you get into office, it's also not easy. And here's where I personally struggle the most. Common sense solutions, things that we know make life better for all of us, that some people just vehemently oppose. And it's as if they choose the thing that's against their interest. Um, it, often it, it appears for no reason. I mean, there are certainly reasons why, but how do you navigate that where, where you're trying to do good for folks and they're just like, no, we don't want what's good. Oh, well, I had that frustration every day in Congress. I mean, one of the things I thought, can't we just make community college in this country free or vocational education free. What other country do you have going into debt, uh, $30,000, $40,000 just to get an education? Uh, and of course, there's vociferous opposition to that. I guess my view is that we've got to, one, get the big money special interests out of politics. But two, anything that good that happens usually requires 
thousands of people, millions of people marching for it, fighting for it, uh, mobilized for it. So I, the, the longer I've been in Congress, the more I kind of appreciate the activism. And I think we're sort of at the last uh, uh, mile of a relay. The hard work are all of the activists, the organizers who build the movement to get to the point where we're just then writing the bill that they uh, build the support for. Uh, but I've seen how popular movements can transform things. The climate, the fact that we've got $300 billion, the biggest investment ever in climate, is because the kids who are sitting in senators in Congress people's uh, offices demanding climate action. So uh, what gives me uh, some confidence is popular mobilization and movements. Mm. So for someone listening or watching that says, you know, all of this is great, but it's it's not what I want for me. How do you open up that window to expand this idea? Um, uh, independence, obviously, is a strong American value. But how do you expand independence into interdependence? Well, I'd say, obviously, you should fulfill your goals and ambitions and care about your family and friends. Uh, but then if you end up participating in something, it doesn't have to be politics. It doesn't have to be elective office. It could be a cause in your uh, kid's school. It could be a cause in the community. It could be something you just uh, do as a volunteer uh, that you will find that that is something that just is uh, enriching. Uh, and certainly that's been my life experience, that those things are enriching. Uh, and I think it's up for, for all of us as Americans who are individuals, but also part of a city, a state, a country, the world, to find uh, some time, carve some time out uh, to be part of that community. I mean, it's an awesome feeling when you do things as part of a community uh, and succeed together. It's like playing sport. And we all remember how good it is you know, to play sports. I mean, if you look, think about when you played sports as a, as a young person competitively, some people keep playing. And, you know, we don't remember, at least I don't remember the times where I may have had a really great game. I do remember the times our team won. And uh, so doing things as a team and, and, and succeeding is a great, uh, satisfactory and gratifying feeling. Yeah, you bring back memories. So I still have a trophy from when I played soccer. Uh, as a youngster and uh, sports never, I, I didn't stick with sports. I ended up in theater and music and that sort of thing. Uh, so in the marching band, of course, we had to go to the football games, which was <laughs> so much fun. Um, but you're, you're absolutely right. Being and remembering that we're on the same team overall, I think is something that can certainly help us. But building that collaborative spirit, understanding that the role I play is important and I can't be a success all by myself, I think is something that sports shares with theater and with music. Uh, so with that in mind, how do you approach compromise versus collaboration or compromise and collaboration? Well, I know the issues I won't compromise on. I'm not gonna compromise on uh, abortion and a woman's right to make decisions over her own body. I'm not gonna compromise over LGBTQ plus equality, which are human rights, in my view. I'm not going to compromise on voting rights that every person in America should have the same right to vote. But there are places I will compromise. And that is, uh, if I want uh, a trillion dollars a year in climate legislation, because that's what I think we actually need, and we can get 300 billion over 10 years, I'm going to say, okay, let's compromise because something significant is better than nothing. 
if I have a vision uh, on how we grow our economy and the Republican says, well, we need to also look at the bureaucratic regulation aspect. I'll say, okay, let's look at that and compromise. Uh, when you're one of 435 people in Congress, there are a lot of people with a lot of opinions. And if you don't compromise, you'll just never get something done and you'll be insufferable. No one will sit at lunch with you. I mean, so uh, you got to take yourself a little bit, uh, you know, not too seriously. Remember, you, you know, you represent just one part of, a, of an awesome country. Yeah, I, I like that. And I think that's a good reminder for folks. It's over 400 people in Congress. That's, I mean, imagine planning a family reunion for 100, how difficult that is. Now try to get something done with 400 people who represent thousands and thousands of people uh, each. So I think that's such an important point to highlight. Yeah, no, I think uh, sometimes uh, we forget. But, but you know, for those who haven't visited the Capitol, it's still a majestic uh, thing to do. And I uh, feel a sense of awe whenever I go there. And and one of the best parts of Congress, you really meet people in communities from all over uh, the nation. And you learn a lot about different people, their traditions, their hopes, their dreams. Uh, and ultimately, we've got to find a way to, to do things like we're doing here, talk to each other in a, in a real way. Yeah, I'm looking at the height of your ceiling. So are you in D.C. right now? I am. I'm back in D.C. and uh, then go back to California. So it's uh, it's back and forth. OK, good. Yeah. And I, I, you reminded me of that when you said the, the majesty of the halls. And I used to visit every year pre-COVID. I uh, haven't been back since COVID, but I'm, I, I've got that itch. I want to come and no, we got to have you back at some point. Yeah, it's an amazing place. And I do encourage anyone that can get there just to visit, please go and experience it for yourself. Take the tour because it reminds you of our history and how far we've come. I think one of the things that always kind of puts me back into reality is when they talk about the literal fights that used to happen on the floor. And now it's like, you know, the fights that we have nowadays in comparison are really- Yeah, sad. no, I mean, now, now it's a tame. People used to get caned and, and beaten on uh, on the floor. So now we just beat up each other over cable news. I mean, but uh, at least it's a, uh, it, it's rhetorical and not uh, uh, physical. Yeah, exactly. So, hey, I want to change pace for just a bit and ask you a few questions. So I'm going to give you the first half of a sentence, and I just want you to finish it with whatever the first thing is that comes to mind. So don't overthink it. You know, don't. Yeah. Don't be a politician on me here, uh, but uh, just answer whatever comes to mind, all right? Sounds great. Compassion is the gateway to? Love. Ooh. Love is? The, the deepest human emotion. Friendship matters because? It's real. The best things in life? Family. Last one. I am. I am a, a servant, of, of, of public, a public servant, a deep patriot. Mm. Beautiful. I try to throw those in there and, and catch you off guard a little bit. Ah, you do, you do. Those are the hardest questions. 
Yeah, um, but but they're so important because understanding kind of those train of thoughts that come. I love everything you said. You know, it's each one of those we could expand on and expand on. So I want to ask you a few more off the cuff. Uh, which what are you listening to now? It's a little different. What are, like what music are you listening to right now? You know, I'm going back to listen to, to this is a admission Bruce Springsteen. I I grew up listening to him and uh, I, I've listened to some of his songs to, to Kendrick Lamar because they're both in different ways uh, talk about place and the importance of place in growing up. And I uh, just have turned to some of their uh, music lately. Okay. I love Bruce Springsteen. I actually have um, a book with him and um, President Obama on my mantle downstairs. Ah. Yeah. Well, he's got this great song, My Hometown, which is about a uh, town he grew up in. He says he was an eight-year-old boy and he was driving with his father on this old Buick. And uh, his father says, look around, this is your hometown. And then he says the textile mills went away. And now that he has a kid and he's driving away with his kid, leaving his hometown. And there's just something about that that spoke to so much, unfortunately, the American experience. But uh, music... Uh, you know, when you listen to music, it's it obviously moves you, but it also captures so much of what's going on in, in people's lives. Yeah. And again, with the music background that I have, it's it's the thing that when I when I need to get ready for something, I put on music. If I need to calm down, I put on music and have those playlists. All right. So last question of the day. How is role showing up as compassion? I show up as compassion when I when I listen, you know. But that's when I'm my best self. When I'm when I'm self-absorbed, when I'm on a phone, when I'm thinking about things, uh, that's not being compassionate. But when I'm open and listening, that's that's compassion. Wonderful. Well, I so appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join Compassionate Las Vegas, the podcast. I love it. Thank you for what you're doing, Will. I mean, obviously, I admire your public service, but. Maybe this is a deeper public service. So if you could get us talking like this with each other, uh, you could really change things in this country. Well, that is certainly my goal. So thank you to our listening and viewing audience as well. As I always remind you, you are not just a drop in the ocean. You are the entire ocean in a drop and what you do matters. So live compassionately. We'll see you next season.